We've just had a great vacation. We went up to Lake Winnipesaukee again. Sitting there on what they call the broads of Lake Winnipesaukee. About 20 miles long and about 6 miles wide. Couldn't help but notice how God has created everything. Starting with the shoreline and the water and the hills behind it and then the mountains all the way back to Mount Washington. When I look at that and I see the grandeur of what God has done, what does He have for us in heaven? When He has made, made such magnificent what else can I say? And yet, he has, I was thinking, back in 2000, I had COVID-19 and I was in the hospital with for nine days. God blessed me with some scripture. I, I don't know how often you've ever thought much about heaven. But when you get to be my age, you get to think about it quite a bit. And as I was there at the lake and I was looking at that, and I was seeing the magnificence of what God had put there. I thought, what does he have for me? You see, my text is in Second Timothy. And in chapter 4, Paul says, there is waiting for me. And I wondered... How many times I have thought of that. What is it that's going to be over there? And I don't know whether you've ever really thought about what happens after this life. But I can tell you this, when you start getting up in your years, you begin to realize that there's got to be something over there. When I was looking at some music years ago, the gospel airs down in Maryland introduced a song to the church. I'd like to read the words to this. Um, I don't know whether you've ever heard this song or not, but it 
speaks to me about heaven. It says, A country where no twilight shadows deepen, unending days where night shall never be. A city where no storm clouds ever gather. Now this is just what heaven means to me. What will it be when we get over yonder and join the throng upon the glassy sea to greet our loved ones and crown Christ forever? Oh, this is just what heaven means to me. And when at last we see the face of Jesus, before whose image other loves all fade, and when they crown him Lord of all, I'll be there. Now this is just what heaven means to me. Now listen to this. A place where there is no misunderstanding. Do you realize how difficult life has been in this old world because of that one thing? Families can't get together because of misunderstandings. Husbands and wives are fighting because of misunderstandings. Government Governments can't get together because of misunderstandings. How true we see this. How important it is for us to understand how important we, we need to, to be able to get together and not have these misunderstandings that drive us so far apart. Paul tells us in our text, he says, I am now, oh, the time of my departure is at hand. I'm ready to be offered. Paul is not talking about being offered on the offering, on the, on the sacrifice. He's talking about his impending death. At this point in his life, the Apostle Paul is a prisoner in the maritime prison in Rome. When you read some of the first century historians, they tell you about the maritime prison and how Horrible it was. The main river of Rome runs right through the, the prison. One that you sell has a little hole in the floor. That's for obvious reason. It goes right into the river. But it also has a hole in the ceiling. And that's where they drop the food to you. You didn't get any 
blankets or anything, clothes from them. If you had any family or friends, they would provide it. Otherwise, you went without. You had no bed. You had no covers. You had nothing. Yes, they treated you well. Paul was there when he wrote this. And when I think of that situation of living under those circumstances where you don't even have a bed, you don't have a, you don't even have a blanket. And yet, Paul could write this and, and, and say, I'm now ready. I'm now ready to take my flight. I am now ready to die. I am now ready to go be with my Lord. You see, he's under sentence of death at this point in his life. Any time he hears a guard outside, they can be coming to get him, to take him out and kill him. He's aware of that. And he still writes this, that he's ready. He's ready. And I wonder, I wonder how many of us even think about that time. Uh, if, if God was to call you right now, would you say, yes, Lord, here I am? Or would you say, wait a minute, I'm not ready. God has a purpose for our lives. Some of us are going to live 88 years. Some of us might not. But however long it is, are we ready when the end comes? Paul talks here about his departure, but he also talks about the fact that uh, there is waiting for me over yonder. There is waiting for me. I told you we just had a week up at Lake Onabasaki. I made the reservations. When I got up there, they gave me the keys. And I went down to the place with Barbara so that we could partake of our reservation. That's what I'm talking about here. Have we made our reservation with God? You see, I look at this whole world and I, I can't believe there's so much, so much distrust 
animosity, and yes, blatant hatred. I spent 20 years in the Navy. I don't like some of the things that I saw. I don't like some of the th things I, uh, I experienced. All because of hatred. We don't need that. And when we get over yonder, there will be no hatred amongst the believers. God has called us here. Um, and then Paul says, I, I can't wait to get over there. Really? What is it like? Have you ever really sat down to think about what Scripture tells us about what's coming for us? Now, it doesn't give us a whole lot of detail, but it does talk about eating. And I'm sure if I asked you to show hands, how many of you like to eat? I'm sure you'd... Can you imagine trees with 12 different kinds of fruits? I don't know what all is going to be over there. But I know God has shared things with me. I stood upon Mount Washington years ago as a teenager. Standing up by that house on the top, you look off this way and you're supposedly looking into New York State. You look behind you and you're looking into Canada and you look out to the east and you're looking at the shoreline of Maine. Yeah, I really could see that. Anyway, you know what you were looking directly. And I think, dear God, what have you given to us? Why is it we don't appreciate it? Do you realize the simple little things in this life that God has given to us that we ignore? The older I get, the more I appreciate the little things. I think I've gone a little afield on what I was after, but you understand God is God 
is very real to us. If he doesn't show himself to you, if he doesn't work in your life, why don't you find out why? Are you saved this morning? Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? If you don't, today would be a great day to say yes to him. If you do know him, then why don't you talk to him and let him show you some of the magnificence that he has for us? I wonder Paul is talking about what's waiting for him over there. But you know, he's not selfish. He adds to that verse by saying, and not for me only. He says, for all of you, for all of you, do you know Christ as your Savior this morning? If you do, for all of you, this is waiting for you. Here I go back to the lake again. And I look at what was there. I look at what God has given us. I look at his creation. It might not be much. It's merely water and hills and mountains. But do you see the intricacy of his creation? That is what he's done with us. We so often miss the simple little things that God wants for us. And yet, you're right there. There's waiting for me, and not for me only, but for all those who love his appearing. Tell me. Tell me this morning. Do you love his appearing? Are you looking for that? Are you listening? for the call. He's promised us, he's promised us one of these days, he's gonna come back, he's gonna come with a trumpet, he's gonna sound that trumpet. And you know what the greatest thing he's gonna say? Come up here. Just like that, from wherever you are, wherever you're sleeping, walking, running, wherever you are, you're gone. I know 
I've had some bad days in the last few years. And I know in January of 2000, I was in the hospital with COVID. And then one night they took me into another room, bed and all. And for over two hours, six nurses worked feverishly on me. One on each leg, one on each arm. They had me propped up, rubbing my chest and rubbing my back. I don't know whether it was a towel or a cloth. There was a pan between my ankles with water. And I asked the nurse the next morning what had happened, because I couldn't come. I kept coming and going. She said both your blood pressure and your temperature were headed down. Yeah, they'd saved me that night. And I'm so grateful. But I know, I know God has things for us in this life. I know there are things that, that this church Every time I think of this place, I usually sit right over that corner. And I look at this auditorium, and I think of when we built it. This is one big slab, this floor, all the way to the back, not this wall, the back wall. 17 men came over from four churches to help me with this floor. We had to pull the concrete because the trucks could only get it in those windows so far. And we had to spread the concrete to all four walls. Yes, I am very grateful for what God has given us. I am, from the day I walked on this property, from the driveway all the way down here and up here, the grass was up to my shoulders. And you look at it today. If you'd have seen that building, the four men with me said, do you really think we can do something with it? I never saw anything so filthy in my life. And yet, this is what God can do with a building. And by the way, this is what God can do with you. Understand? People tell me, He doesn't want me. I'm useless. 
I can't do nothing. I take that as a real challenge to show people that you do, you have something. And all you have to do is turn and say, Father, here am I. Remember the Apostle Paul when he was on the road to Damascus? The men with him saw the light. They couldn't hear the voices that were talking. The only thing they heard was his last utterance. Paul said, What will you have me to do, Lord? Those words have been ringing in my ears for so many years. What would you have me to do? So many of the ladies say that I can't do anything. Is that right? Do you know how much being a wife and a mother is? I stop and, and wonder about why people are always putting themselves down. Is it the color of your skin? Is it your education? What is it that makes you feel so inferior? God, let me tell you this. God does not make junk. Do you understand that? God does not make junk. Then you have a purpose. And God wants to use you. And God will use you if you let him. I remember so many years ago, they made a, they cut through the, the land connecting the upper end of the Baltimore Harbor with the Chesapeake, with the river that's up by Philadelphia and there's that um, I forget what they call it but I used to go down there and walk on the ridge and asking talking to God about what he'd have us to do where he'd have us to go well Folks, we're living in the last times. And if there's anything that God needs right now is servants that will be willing to serve him. You say, I don't have any education. 
I don't have any talents. I can't do this. You know what? I'm sick and tired of people saying I can't. It's about time people turned around and started saying I can. And just ask God, what would you have me to do? Father, we come to you now thanking you for the time that you've given to us, for the strength that you give to us, for the understanding that is ours. Lord, we still have a big job that awaits us. work of the Lord Jesus Christ is never done. Father, would you give us a challenge? Challenge each and every one that's here right now to do whatever, even if it's a prayer warrior. God, make us the best prayer warriors we can be. And we'll be careful to thank you for all that is done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.